The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. someone you know has a child with autism in their family, answers and support can be hard to come by. Welcome to Autism Spectrum Radio with host Dr. Bill Freya. We will offer practical information for parents of children of all ages, as well as explore treatment topics and recent research related to autism. Now, here is Dr. Bill Freya. And welcome to Autism Spectrum Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Bill Freya. I'm a clinical psychologist and the co-founder of Autism Spectrum Therapies. We're a national agency providing resources and services to individuals of all ages who are living with autism spectrum disorders, as well as other developmental issues. And this show was developed to be a resource for families and for professionals. And we've been covering a range of topics to help a broad audience interested in helping children and adults with autism. And we've had some great parents and great advocates on the show discussing their experiences and the things they're passionate about and giving some advice. We've also had some great professionals discuss a range of topics such as interventions, school bullying, uh, classroom models. We've touched on special education practices and special ed law. We've been lucky to have some of the most accomplished autism experts visit the show. And today we're going to have another one of those accomplished experts, Dr. Phil Strain, who will join us to discuss early childhood education and the LEAP model that he created and has performed some impressive research over the last 30 years. Uh, when I think of some of the really solid facts of teaching young children with autism, uh, many of those facts came from Dr. Strain's research. Early in his career, Phil Strain was determined to demonstrate that children with autism needed to learn alongside their typically developing peers. And he went on to define the practice, define that, to find how you teach young children with autism in an inclusive preschool setting. And he's painstakingly evaluated outcomes. He's replicated his model. He's compared his model to classrooms not using it. He's looked at how the kids do when they grow up. Um, and he's going to share with us today how uh, his LEAP program is working today and, and some insight into into the LEAP model. Now, I mentioned we've had a lot of great guests on the show. If you've missed any of our previous shows, there's no need to beat yourself up over it. Uh, no, you can listen to them all at your own leisure. Autism Spectrum Therapies have, has put them all on our website. And we'll continue to do that. So you can find them by going to autismtherapies.com. You'll find a radio page there with all of our previous shows and a list of our future show schedule as well with topics and guests. And while you're on the AST site, go ahead and explore um, all of the resources there. We put a lot of work into it. There's some good stuff there. And one thing I do want to point out um, is our insurance uh, workshop page. As we approach the July date for the new insurance mandate, especially in California, uh, I want to let everybody know that beginning this week, AST is offering workshops on how to utilize your insurance for autism services. We want to do all we can to prepare California residents for the insurance mandate in July 1. And I encourage you to attend a workshop in your area. You can find all the locations and the dates on the workshop page, the AST site, autismtherapies.com. 
and on our Facebook page, Autism Therapies. These workshop, workshops are all free, free to the public. Um, space is limited, uh, so go ahead and give Naomi a call, and she'll schedule you in 866-278-1520. And ask for Naomi, tell her you want to reserve a seat. 866-278-1520. If you can't make a workshop, you can always just call and ask us your questions directly. But it's good to go and sit down with other families and, and connect over an issue that's really stressful. Uh, so let's dive in. I want to discuss briefly some global facts about teaching children with autism. They'll kind of help us guide the topic today. What do we know works? You know, there are some undeniable truths that thousands of published studies have confirmed for us. And uh, we should know those. I think you probably know these. Let's touch base on them. One is the importance of early intervention. We know that early intervention is critical. The earlier, the better the outcome. We expect ABA to be at the heart of an evidence-based program. You know, we want ABA, we want it early, we want it often. Another fact is, is that typical peers are an important component, uh, important factor in, in the preschool classroom. We know that typically developing peers benefit from being in a preschool with special needs peers. It's a plus to their development. They provide great models to our kids, and they learn to be supportive. They learn how to teach. They learn to have expectations that their friends with autism are going to communicate with them and going to socialize, and that is just a huge benefit. And we know there need to be specific goals in the classroom and in the home program. We know that those goals should include very specific language targets and social skills. And those goals are clear, the clear expectations of when you're teaching them, what methods you're using to teach them, defining what success is. We know that teachers have to be trained. It's not guesswork. Uh, these are not skills that teachers learn in their programs usually. These are skills that they're taught after when they decide to work with kids with autism in their classrooms. And they need formal training. And hopefully there's a process to confirm that that training's been complete and they're ready to really implement a program in the classroom. And then we measure. We measure them. We measure the child's success. We measure the parents' abilities to do the program as well. You can't just eyeball a student and say, yep, he's doing fine. You know, you, you need to know when goals are being met so that you can select the right new goals to implement, put things on deck for the future. You know, parents have to be on that educational team as well. Parents need to be trained. Um, the program doesn't stay at school. You know, it's going with them <clears throat> at home into the community. Communication, socialization happens outside of school. And parents are involved in goal setting and in teaching and in the evaluation process, measuring success and the generalization planning, meaning that they define what the program needs to be to be successful for their child at home and in the community. So hopefully... All those things aren't new to you. Uh, those are facts that we're reviewing and, and that you know pretty well. But they were not common knowledge in the 1980s, for sure. At a time when these facts were not known, uh, that's when Phil Strain was developing what would be the LEAP preschool model. And one of the critical areas of study in the 80s was peer-mediated instruction. You know, Reading that work when I was in college motivated me to study social development, work with special needs, and eventually autism. It's powerful stuff, incredible stuff. Peer mediation is the process of teaching peers how to use simple teaching strategies. Uh, peers help implement the program, and it, it works for them. They enjoy it, and they benefit from it. Uh, some schools still haven't completely figured out inclusive education and using peers. You know, peer mediation works. Peers are amazingly successful at teaching and motivating children with autism. They're responsive to children with special needs. Uh, they're easily taught how to, how to use uh, these skills and to be supportive. Dr. Strain helped to turn on a lot of lights at what was still a very dark time for educating children with autism. Uh, he really raised expectations for social skills and for socialization. Uh, he created a strong argument and a powerful data set to support inclusion. You know, 
parents of kids who have been through the LEAP program have been grateful for Dr. Strain for, for all of his work. There's even data to show that they have fared a lot better than parents who didn't have the option to have the kids in the LEAP program. You know, they were lucky, but not everyone gets the ideal program. We know that that's a fact. Not everyone's going to have their child in an evidence-based preschool program like LEAP or maybe Walden, some other ones, um, where their staff are well-prepared and their kids are, are getting the best. But I hope that many parents get to hear and understand what the ideal is. You, know, you have to know what to look for, what to ask for. You have to have something in your pocket, some expectations. You know? and, and I think the first thing is that preschool needs to be inclusive, as we talked about. And second, no one should tell you that inclusion is a treatment or a program. You know, it's an environment that allows for success, but exposure to typical peers is not even close to being a replacement for a good program. It's a necessity, but it's not the program. You know, you know, third piece is the instructional program. This is the hard part that Phil Strain and his colleagues have contributed so much to in giving us the programmatic pieces, but there needs to be a program. It needs to have ABA components, and everybody should know what that program is and be able to define it. And then there should be an in-home piece where parents are educated uh, trained, their goals in place, ABA therapy sessions, including the parents, you know, one-on-one -on -one work, similar to what uh, Len Cagle shared with us. And if you choose a different approach, you may recall what our guest Travis Thompson mentioned. Uh, Dr. Thompson said you're rolling the dice on something that's not proven. You don't step into abyss. You don't experiment with your child's future. You use ABA because we know it's effective. And then also there should be data collection at home and at school. And the analysis of the data should direct the program. The data is collected on both the child, the teacher, and the parent. You need to know just what the program is supposed to be and that it's in place, and it's at the right dose, right? I mean, Travis also mentioned that you don't do a little bit of this and a little bit of that. You select the right program. It's like medicine. You choose the necessary one, and you give the right amount uh, to address the problem. So in the words of our guest Eileen Schwartz also echo when she said she hasn't really come across anything other than the ABA that shows her how to teach kids with autism. You know, that's what's in the literature. Without that, she would just be guessing. So that's why she uses ABA. Our guest today is also a famous researcher like Dr. Schwartz and Dr. Thompson and also a renowned professor and well-respected and accomplished and is of the mind that you need to an established ABA program in place at school and at home. And he has one packaged and ready to implement. So we know it can be done. Let me tell you just a bit about the research, just a little bit. Obviously, well-conducted research is critical. We rely on the evidence. We want to see more than just a single study. We really want to see a package of tools that have been studied individually and together as a package to be effective, you know, like the PRT program that Dr. Lynn Cagle described for the direct one-on-one -on -one intervention. Dr. Strain isn't here to talk about an article he recently published. He's here to talk about the LEAP model that is a compilation of 300 publications you know, after a couple, you start to notice, after three or four, you really notice. After about 300, it's probably time to implement, right? I'm only going to mention a couple of key findings. Uh, he found that typically developing peers as young as 30 months can be taught to utilize facilitative social and communicative initiations with their peers. And that results in higher rates of communicative interactions for preschoolers with autism. And when they're in that intervention, the eventual levels of social participation reach the right typical range for their age cohorts. So they start to socialize at a level that they would, that's developmentally appropriate. And that the program yields about two months of developmental gain for each month that the child's in the program. So if your child is lucky enough to be in a LEAP classroom for a couple of years, you can see why they, many of these kids end up functioning similar to typical peers when they go into a regular ed classroom. They go into kindergarten, go into regular ed, a lot of them do. 
And uh, for many of them, the gains maintained all the way through to adulthood. So the LEAP model appears to be remarkably successful. I look forward to diving into it more with Dr. Strain on today's show. One remarkable thing that I do want to point out up front is the quality of the research that has been done to get these type of results. I mentioned that there are many studies, but quality is a factor that you can't really deny. Dr. Strain completed a randomized controlled trial study on this model with his colleague, Ted Bovey. Uh, this means he compared classrooms where staff were trained and successfully using the model to classrooms that were given the materials and were inclusive but weren't using the model. He had 28 LEAP classrooms, 28 classrooms that were inclusive but not using LEAP, and the outcomes were amazing. And one, one thing I want to leave on that was really important that we'll dive into in today's show is that it, the kids' progress wasn't based on the skills they came in with, the developmental level that they started with necessarily. It wasn't based on uh, low challenging behavior. The, what mattered the most for the kids who did, who did well in this, in this enormous study was whether or not the teachers were doing the program right. You know, it really came down to if you did the program, if you, if you did it correctly, and they measured that, whether the teachers were on track or not. When the teachers were on track, the kids, the kids did great. The less of it they did, you know, the less well the kids did. That's amazing. It tells you the importance of good research. It tells you why we look at evidence-based practices to make selections for what we give to our kids. So I'm going to take a brief break, and when we return, I'll be speaking with Dr. Phil Strain. So please stay tuned. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. Need to replace aging IT infrastructure? Want a way to scale IT resources on demand? Looking for affordable disaster recovery alternatives? Then maybe the cloud is for you. If you aren't sure where or how to start, CenterBeam can help. Over the past decade, we've moved hundreds of clients to the cloud and for a limited time are offering a 25% discount on a cloud readiness assessment. It includes detailed recommendations for your transition to the cloud and is yours to keep. Call 877-710-8880 or visit centerbeam.com forward slash voice America. Autism Spectrum Therapies is proud to present Autism Spectrum Radio with Dr. Bill Freya. At AST, we are committed to supporting families through our extensive resources, highly trained staff, and outstanding programs. Call us today to let us know how we can best support your family at 866-278-1520. To find out more about AST, visit our website at www.autismtherapies.com. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Autism Spectrum Therapies, creating futures for individuals with autism. Visit AutismTherapies.com or call 866-278-1520. Everyone deserves a life filled with happiness, confidence, and achievements. Code Metro, developers of NPA Works Business Management Software, is proud to partner with Autism Spectrum Therapies and its efforts in creating futures for individuals with autism. To fulfill our duties, we promise a special needs product that helps organizations operate efficiently, providing them with a business system that evolves as rapidly as they do. The results? A streamlined practice to help maintain quality services. Discover how we help businesses succeed at npaworks.com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
This is Autism Spectrum Radio with Dr. Bill Freya. If you have a question or comment for the host or guests, please send an email to moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. That's moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. Now, back to the program. And welcome back to Autism Spectrum Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Bill Freya, and today we're welcoming Dr. Phil Strain to our show. Uh, Dr. Strain is a professor of educational psychology and psychiatry at the University of Colorado, Denver, and director of the Positive Early Learning Experiences Center, the Peel Pele Center. He is the author of over 300 professional papers in the early intervention field and has served on the editorial boards of over 20 professional journals, has been the principal investigator of grants totaling about $50 million and has been recognized with Distinguished Career Awards. He uh, authored the original grant that funded the development of the LEAP model for young children with autism in the in 1980 and conducted the largest randomized control trial of an autism intervention to date and recently received federal funding to conduct a long-term follow-up on participants from that randomized trial. It's just great work. How are you doing today, Phil? I'm doing great. And and you, Bill? I'm doing pretty good. I'm uh, excited to have you. I'm excited to talk about the LEAP model today and, and everything that you've learned from it over the past uh, uh, three decades. But I was hoping that we could first hear from you uh, directly about early childhood settings in general and what you think uh, makes a good early childhood uh, setting well i think you can you can look at it from a variety of of different perspectives um you know from a a a structural level from an organizational level um i I think about uh, five or six things are really uh vital and that parents should um, look to see if if these are characteristics in in, in programs that their uh, child is served at, at, in at, at any point in time. The the first is um, uh, I'm really interested in in whether or not uh, adult family members play a major role in determining the goals for their child, and just as important. Uh, whether adult family members are involved in evaluating uh, when and where and how those goals are achieved. Um, that sort of family focus we know, um, not just in early autism intervention, but in early intervention in general, uh, is a, a major predictor of long-term uh, success. Uh, secondly, I... I think that there's another piece related to the kind of goals that get written in early intervention programs, and that has to do with this dimension that's sometimes referred to as functionality. And and I have kind of a simple-minded view about what functionality is, and and I simply ask parents to to ask themselves this question um, in determining whether or not a goal is functional, and that is, is my child going to have an obviously better quality of life when this goal or objective has been met? And if the answer is no or I'm not sure, then I think one is safe to conclude that perhaps that's not a functional goal. Right. Usually functional goals are, are related to children ha- now having better access to to peers, to community, functional goals are about friendships, 
for young kids with autism, functional goals are about effective uh, ways to communicate wants and needs, desires, aversions, etc. Um, so I think there are a couple of, of key issues um, related to the kinds of goals and how they get established and, and how they get evaluated that are really important dimensions of, of quality programs. Um, thirdly, um, I think at a, at a structural level, at a very general level, uh, I'm always interested in whether or not early intervention programs have a very clear emphasis on the generalization of children's skills across teachers, across therapists, where it's appropriate, across settings, across peers, across materials. As you well know, Bill, one of the things that we've learned about individuals on the autism spectrum is that uh, they often become quite skilled at demonstrating competence uh, with a single therapist in a single setting, but the generalization of that skill to other people, other places, other contexts is often very difficult. And so programs that really pay attention to that tend to be programs that, that actually achieve those generalized kinds of outcomes, and, and, and I think that there's two key tip-offs as to whether or not early intervention programs are really focused on generalization, and one has to do with the organization of adults in the classroom, and um, as we utilize in LEAP, but a lot of other programs utilize this concept of transdisciplinary service delivery. And transdisciplinary service delivery is just a fancy term for being able to walk into a classroom and not being able to tell by what adults are doing who the speech and language pathologist is, who the teacher is, who the paraeducator is, who the occupational therapist is. So these transdisciplinary classrooms are classrooms where the adults have shared their disciplinary expertise with one another. And there's no one person that's working on language. Everybody is working on language. There's no one person who's working on a children's unusual response to tactile stimuli, for example. Everybody is, is doing it. And so <clears throat> that's a really nice uh, tip-off, if you will, that folks are, are concerned with generalization. Um, the other piece that, that I think is critical that's, uh, that's easily visible when you visit classrooms, and that is, um, as another generalization promotion strategy, uh, have adults embedded children's goals and objectives across the entire day? So, for example, a child might have an objective to look and orient towards another person when her name is called. A reasonable objective, I would argue, a functional objective. Um, But to really focus on generalization, uh, you would want to see that the classroom staff is working on that objective 
as the child arrives in the morning, as the child greets peers, as the child is having snack, as the child arrives at circle time, as the child transitions physically from one activity to the next in the preschool. Those would be examples of embedding goals and objectives across the day, again, in the service of this so important concept of promoting generalization. That's great. And, Bill, you mentioned earlier, um, you know, I would, I would include a, a fourth factor at the structural level that's very, very important, and that is access to typical peers. And, and what's, what's key here um, is daily access. Um, and, and the reason is, is, as you have alluded to, is that by far the most widely researched and arguably the most effective strategy for remediating the, the core peer social relationship deficits that so many children with autism display is typically developing children who have been taught a specific set of skills to engage their classmates in play and in conversation. And so for us, the way we think about access to typically developing kids, it's not just about inclusion for inclusion's sake. Um, it's a necessary but not sufficient condition, if you will. It's necessary um, to have an inclusive setting such that those typically developing children are are available, but then it's also absolutely mandatory that they are supported by adults who teach them very specific skills to be successful in their interactions with their peers with, with autism. And, uh, you know, a final factor that, that I think is so important across all early childhood settings um, and that is for adult family members to have direct support from educational programs in home and community settings to provide adult family members with the kinds of skill and the kinds of support that are really going to help normalize daily routines, reduce stress, and, and ultimately uh, we know from research by my uh, good friend and colleague Carl Dunst in North Carolina, that one of the most powerful predictors of long-term success for individuals with significant developmental disabilities, including individuals with autism, is whether or not during the early childhood years services have impacted family, adult family members' level of stress and, and general concern about the well-being of their kids. So a long answer <laughs> to, uh, to to your to your question, but but at that structural level, um, I think I think all of those factors are are key, and the absence of any one of them um, would deeply concern me in terms of the the likelihood of of children and families receiving the outcome that we would all want. Uh, right. from an early intervention experience. 
No, I think that was a that was an outstanding answer, uh, comprehensive. I think you hit on some really important things. Um, one thing that I want to highlight uh, before we go to our break, uh, you know, we're talking about the use of peers, and and you know, people talk about this in a, in a lot of different ways about how important peers are, uh, uh, you know, as models, as as teachers, uh, social agents, and friends. Um, having seen this, I just want to kind of stress the point that. When this is done well, uh, it's not that peers are sitting there being little teachers and not playing, and, and that we're creating little instructions, out, little, little instructors out of peers. These kids are enjoying each other's company. They are playing. Uh, you know, it is a very naturalistic sense about how uh, peers are taught to to support their friends with autism. We're going to talk about that more when we go into the leap model after the break. But I just uh, wanted to highlight that because I know that's a question that does come up a lot. When we come back, we will hear more from Dr. Phil Strain and about the Lee model. So please stay tuned. Learn more. Live better. Voice America Health and Wellness. At Autism Training Solutions, we know what it's like to work with children with autism. And we know what professional development can do for a school, a child, and a family. That is why we want to give 50 schools in the U.S. access to ATS professional development for a whole year. All you need to do is tell us how ATS would make a difference for your team in a one-minute video or a 500-word essay. For a complete set of rules, visit AutismTrainingSolutions.com backslash contest. Shepard Mullen Richter in Hampton is a proud supporter of Autism Spectrum Therapies. Shepard Mullen is a full-service law firm with more than 570 attorneys in 14 offices located in the United States, Europe, and Asia. Companies turn to Shepard Mullen to handle corporate and technology matters, high-stakes litigation, and complex financial transactions. For more information, please visit ShepardMullen.com. BDO is dedicated to service, from serving our clients to serving the communities in which we live and work. Through BDO Counts, our national corporate volunteer program, employees across the country volunteer their time, talent, and resources for the good of local communities. And now, BDO is proud to support Autism Spectrum Therapies. We believe in doing our best to make the world a little better. That's why people who know community involvement know BDO. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. This is Autism Spectrum Radio with Dr. Bill Freya. If you have a question or comment for the host or guests, please send an email to moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. That's moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to Autism Spectrum Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Bill Freya, and we are talking today with Dr. Phil Strain, uh, developer of the LEAP model. And Phil, let's let's dive into it. Tell us uh, what the LEAP model is. Sure. Um, well, uh, I'll tell you at first why um, we abbreviate and call it the LEAP model, because Great. it stands for Learning Experiences, an Alternative Model for Preschoolers and Parents. That's a bit of a mouthful. Yeah. Um, but um, but just very generally, um, LEAP is based upon um, applied behavioral um, 
analysis, uh, essentially all of our um, research is um, evaluating the program as a whole, uh, our discrete components of the, the program with designs that are uh, more in the tradition of applied behavior analysis, namely um, uh, within subject experimental designs, although, as you pointed out, we've also done a large randomized trial recently looking at the program as a whole. But, but, but LEAP has a number of different um, components to it um, that, that I would just highlight. And, and, um, and as you've pointed out, you know, probably the most uh, obvious distinctive feature of LEAP um, is the utilization of typically developing peers as, as intervention agents. And as you pointed out in the prior segment, um, this is done in the context of play. Um, and, and so what we specifically do is teach typically developing children um, ways to initiate social interaction with their classmates with autism, maintain social interaction with their classmates with autism, and through a, just a, a fun, simple kind of role play and rehearsal strategy, also teach typically developing kids that when they are, as they often are, uh, ignored by their peers with autism, that's their opportunity to try a different method, to try a different behavior, to try a different skill to initiate or maintain uh, interaction. The, <clears throat> the other feature of LEAP that I would point out um, is that uh, we, like a lot of folks, believe that young kids with autism need a lot of practice to, to master skills, to, to achieve appropriate generalization of skills across people and settings and materials. Um, and, and we try to program literally hundreds of learning opportunities across the day what we do that may be a little different from other people is that we try to strategically identify times and contexts throughout the day where the teaching of those objectives are as meaningful as possible for the child. So instead of designating 10.15 to 10.35 for the time that you're working on skill X, We'll say to ourselves, well, here's a skill that, um, that may be more, most meaningful for the child to acquire uh, at snack time and at free play. That's where we'll focus our attention. Um, the other big piece of LEAP, besides our, our preschool intervention model, um, is that we work extensively in home and community settings with adult family members. And... And very simply, what we do is we ask adult family members to identify the four or five different routines that they experience on a daily basis where they are experiencing the most parenting stress and discomfort. And we design interventions one setting at a time, uh, make sure that that intervention or interventions, plural, are working, and then coach parents to implement strategies uh, that we have initially demonstrated to be successful uh, with the child. Um, the other 
the other feature of our program that's a bit different from a lot of others is that we employ a wide variety of evidence-based strategies from the field of applied behavior analysis. So all things being equal, it's very likely that we would use peer-mediated strategies with goals and objectives around peer social skills. It's very likely that we would use incidental teaching strategies around language goals. Very likely that we would use strategies like most to least or least to most prompting for motoric skills or cognitive skill development. We spend a lot of time and effort um, using picture schedules to help children just manage the daily routine um, of the of the classroom setting. Um, so that's a little bit um, thumbnail sketch, if you will, about some of the more uh, perhaps interesting components uh, of the of the leap model. And how how hard is it for for a teacher to to be part of this, to be doing this? I imagine there's a lot to keep track of, and you need to know that it's in place. How do how do we do that? Well, um, we've been we've been in the business of replicating uh, the leap model for about um, 25 years now, and um, when it's mostly, but not exclusively, school districts when they when they want to replicate uh, leap, um, you know what we suggest is that that's about a two year intensive coaching process um, that cumulatively across uh, two years um, most often involves us being on site coaching adults in those preschool settings for a total of about 25 or 30 days. Um, So in in most instances, we're, we're asking people to do everything a little bit different than what they're doing now, and sometimes we're asking people to do a lot different than what they are doing now. Um, so, um, uh, you know, maintaining maintaining the program at a at a high degree of of fidelity or accuracy of implementation is something that we are are deeply um, are deeply committed to, right. and. Um, and feel like that that's uh, really where, um, if you will, the rubber meets the road. <laughs> that um, a lot of people say that they're doing LEAP, or a lot of people say that they're doing the data program, Eileen Schwartz's program, or a lot of people say they may be doing Gail McGee's uh, Walden preschool model. Uh, a lot of people say they're doing pivotal response treatment, um, but um, but saying it and and having direct observational evidence that in fact those practices are in place and they're being delivered as the developer intended, including the how and the when and the how often, um, is as it turns out really what. Um, is essential for ensuring good outcomes. And that's one of the things that we learned in our large uh, randomized study that was actually 
actually quite surprising to us. Right. So it doesn't really matter what the research uh, found. If you're not if you're not doing the methods correctly, you're not going to get the same outcome. Right. And 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 what we found uh, also related to to fidelity is that um, when you're teaching adults to do evidence based practices, typically what happens is that adults make slow and incremental progress. Um, but child behavior change doesn't track in the same kind of trajectory. And so what we found is that only after adults were implementing the LEAP model at 90% or higher fidelity, which is a really high threshold, uh, did we see differences in child behavior from uh, a comparison site to uh, a LEAP treatment site. Wow, that's that is a high threshold. So it is important to it's important to know what you're doing. It's important to follow the manual. Uh, I'd love to to hear. I mean, for the parents who are listening today, I think um, the big question is how do you get access to something like this? Who do you talk to? Where do you? I mean, we talked about this when uh, Eileen Schwartz was on the show. Mm-hmm. You know that that, that all, all these great ideas. What what is the first step if parents are far from having this level of quality? Where can they begin? Who do they talk to? What do you recommend that they start with? Sure. Well, um, if, if folks would like to know more about our specific model, I, w- I would invite people to go to our, our website, and that's uh, org, uh, where you can find um, probably more information than you would care to uh, <laughs> about the about the LEAP model and about replication training and various services that we provide. But, but beyond that, I, I, I think um, I always try to adv- advise people uh, to start by building uh, relationships, by building positive and trusting relationships with their current service provider. Right. Um, I believe... Um, a smart person uh, named Ernest Hemingway once said, "Is the best way to know whether you can trust a person is to trust a person." Right. Um, and and I think there's no substitute for for beginning uh, for beginning there. Um, and it's also true uh, that um, the, the the way things are uh, now. In many cases, uh, adult family members um, need to bring resources um, to the equation. Um, Not all systems understand evidence-based practices. Not all practitioners do. Sometimes adult family members are are better educated in that respect. Right. Uh, And so providing people resources, sharing things that, that you've Read, seen, heard, etc. I think can be really uh, can be really vital, um, uh, and so I think that I think that those are those are important uh, those are important places to uh, right. to begin. Absolutely, and we'll make sure that the Pele Center is uh, is posted on our site, and people have access to to getting there um, if if 
if they forgot that or didn't write it down, uh, we'll make sure Pele Center is easily accessible to folks listening and remind them again. Phil, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, this was amazing. The, the work you've done is incredible, and the outcomes that you you have are just just remarkable. And I'm sure that families will will uh, benefit much from exploring Pele Center and uh, exploring the LEAP model in the future. Thanks so much. We'll be right back with Autism Spectrum Radio. Thank you, Bill. Helping you make informed decisions for your life. This is Voice America Health & Wellness. Parents of special needs individuals want to know if the care their loved ones are receiving is the best possible. We at Code Metro, developers of NPA Works, business management software for special needs providers, understand the unique necessities of running a successful organization. NPA Works helps free providers of tedious tasks like scheduling and insurance billing. Ensure your clinic is maximizing the time they give to your loved one. Ask if they use NPA Works. Visit us at npaworks.com to see how we can help. If you are considering how cloud computing might benefit your business, CenterBeam's Cloud Readiness Assessment can help. Our track record includes over a decade of service delivery experience, and our customer satisfaction leads the industry. We've moved hundreds of clients to the cloud and can help you identify the best strategy for your business. Call today to get a 25% discount on your assessment, 877-710-8880. The assessment is yours to keep and will provide specific insight into how the cloud can work for you. Call 877-710-8880 or visit centerbeam.com forward slash voice America. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. This is Autism Spectrum Radio with Dr. Bill Freya. If you have a question or comment for the host or guests, please send an email to moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. That's moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. Now, back to the program. And welcome back to Autism Spectrum Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Bill Free, and I want to again thank Dr. Phil Strain for coming on the show today. Uh, you can find out more information about Dr. Strain's work at uh, the Paley Center, www.pelecenter.org, or go to UC Denver site as well. He's contributed so much insight and research to our field. He continues to do a great work at the University of Colorado Denver campus and in projects around the country. I want to say, if you only take a couple of pieces of information from today's show away from you, if you know, if you if you hear two things, one should be that's important: how peers are taught to support their friends with autism. You know, it's not random. It's not the proximity that they have. It really is the evidence-based practice. The, the procedures need to be identified and taught. You know, everyone, the teachers, the parents, any staff person coming into that classroom needs to know how the methods are being used. That was really important when he said that you walk in and all the professionals, all the staff, teachers, everybody is on the same page, how it's being implemented. It's so important. And secondly, you know, what your teacher does every day is important. You know, it's important what your teacher is doing each day. And that's it's not meant to be sarcastic or condescending. It's just so critical that people understand that. It's important what your child's teacher does specifically every day. So important that it should be measured. You know, when 
Phil was talking about fidelity, that's certainly the fidelity of the program. Did all the things that we say are, need to happen today happen? Did the program come together today? And you know, he's talking 90%. You know, so if you have a list of things that is supposed to happen for it to be a leap classroom, and 90% of that has to come together each day for you to get the success. And the gains are huge. I mean, he's talking about, you know, you're talking about overcoming the symptoms of autism, going into special education, going into regular education, going into kindergarten prepared, you know, launching your future successfully. You know, so uh, you need to be able to record that each component happened each day correctly. I mean, for example, why would you use a spoon or a syringe to give your child medicine if the dose didn't matter? You know, this is like that. The dose does matter. And I know that many of you are thinking, because it's discussed all the time, how can you demand such things from your local preschool? This can represent a dramatic change. Uh, can you ask them to implement the LEAP model and expect them to bring consultants in to do it for Well, there's not an easy answer, but I guess a simple answer would be, how can you not ask for an evidence-based program when you have a child with autism? The data suggests there's a good chance that if a child has a couple years of good early intervention, that they could be extremely successful in regular education. How do you get such a thing? You know, like Dr. Schwartz said, like uh, Dr. Strain said today, um, you shouldn't do it alone. You should try to connect with the school, talk to them, bring bring what you what you have to share, uh, get other parents involved, get everybody on the same page. You know, know your facts first. Explore the LEAP model. Go to the Paley Center. Um, but I mean, there there is a place to start. Uh, you can ask your school what approach. Uh, they're using what evidence-based methods they have in place now. Ask for references to read, and maybe that would be a good place to start. You have your own to share. Uh, so I want to um, just talk a little bit about next week's show. You know, any early intervention approach has to have a strong parent education and training component. It's just part of every good program. The data are clear that parents have to be part of the team, part of the goal planning, a major part of the instruction. They're the key to the program working and generalizing, being successful. And one thing that professionals have, I think, struggled with is coming to terms with the fact that teaching parents is not a one-size-fits-all fit all proposition. You know, it's not, you know, here's my manual, here's how I teach parents, and I'm going to do it this way. You know, good clinicians, uh, good parent educators know that you have to be sensitive to differences. We often know what we want parents to do, what we want them to learn, but not the, the best way always of supporting them through that process. You know, parents have different needs. They have different expectations. They've been through different experiences. It's hard for some to accept sometimes conflicting role of being a parent and a teacher. Parents also can have different limitations on teaching their child. They may have two, three other children to raise. They may have a full-time job, a difficult job. There might be health issues different restrictions. So you have to be a good clinician to sort out the right approach to parent education and training. Professionals have different philosophies about teaching parents versus maybe helping parents. It's important for professionals to help keep sight of the big picture and where the hard work is leading leading to focus the, the focusing on the big picture, focusing the family, focusing themselves and taking it, you know, the steps that need to happen to, to be successful. And next week's guest is uh, Dr. Danny Openden. Uh, he's an expert of parent education and training. He spent a lot of time doing it. Uh, he's conducted research on teaching parents to use naturalistic teaching strategies, uh, like Phil mentioned today with incidental teaching and uh, like uh, Dr. Len Cagle shared with us with pivotal response treatments. Um, that is Danny's background in supporting parents 
and putting together programs that are very parent-friendly. He has a lot to share with us. He is the Vice President and Clinical Services Director at SARC. And SARC is the Southwest Autism Research and Resource Center in lovely Phoenix, Arizona. And you can learn more about SARC at autismcenter.org. Autismcenter.org. You can read about Danny, some of the stuff he's doing, and some of the resources SARC had. I got to speak with Danny uh, this weekend at the ABAI conference in Seattle, Applied Behavior Analysis International. He always has a lot of great projects going on and a ton of enthusiasm fueling them. Uh, He was uh, particularly excited about some of the progress he's seeing with peers in the SARC classrooms, and they have been including at-risk peers and seeing amazing results for them as well as the kids with autism. So share that with us. Uh, I want to also share with you a couple of a couple of things that are happening at AST that you should be aware of. Uh, one is our summer camps are poised to start, and I don't want you to miss out on them. So I want to remind you to register as soon as you can. That you can go to our website autismtherapies.com and and see what they what they have to offer. There are photos and descriptions of the different camp programs as as well. So when you go to autismtherapies.com, you can learn a little bit more about what's happening for us this summer. Also, we have insurance workshops starting soon, and please don't forget to call and reserve your spot now. Uh, They are free. Uh, There should be some in your area. You can find out on our website. If you are in California, this information is really critical for you right now. If you're transitioning from a regional regional center funding to insurance funding, as many parents are going to be asked to do in July, you need to understand how that's going to work and what kind of support you need. We already... um, have scheduled several workshops uh, that will be starting soon. We'll have more to come. Uh, and if you're in California, I strongly encourage you to attend a workshop in your area. So go to autismtherapies.com. You'll see our locations for the different workshops, the dates on the calendar section of the of the website. Uh, you're also welcome to call AST and talk to an insurance, insurance specialist at any time. We welcome those calls. Oh, we're expecting a lot of them, so uh, don't be afraid uh, to call and get your answers met. So again, the workshops are free to the public. Space is limited, so get a seat. And um, if you want to call to get a seat or call for any information about insurance funding, our number is 866-278-1520. You can ask for Naomi, and uh, she will have a workshop list in front of her, and she'll help you find one that you can fit into. Or uh, you can ask Naomi to connect you uh, with an insurance specialist. You can start talking to them. Again, the number is 866 278 1520. So I hope you enjoyed today's show. I hope you contact us and connect with us. If you have any uh, questions for me, if you'd like to present some questions for Dr. Openden next week, send me an email, moreinfo at autismtherapies.com, and we're happy to include your questions for Dr. Openden about parent education, uh, early uh, early childhood education, or uh, transition adult programs, which they're also doing at SARC. And again, sarcautismcenter.org if you want to do some research for next week. So until then, I hope you have a great week. I look forward to talking with you again soon. We hope you've had some questions about autism answered this week. Autism Spectrum Radio can be heard live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel.